It is Friday, July 28th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. A scare at training camp for the Bengals. And Shohei Otani takes Let's Play 2 to another level. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Joe Burrow injured at training camp. How serious is it? Jalen Ramsey of the Dolphins is going to have to have knee surgery. And Shohei Otani has himself a day what is the Vegas lead, Scott? It's got to be what the situation was at Bengals training camp yesterday. Joe Burrow carted off the field with a calf injury. A lot of people on Twitter yesterday tried to play doctor because the video was released of Burrow running out of the pocket. A non-contact injury came up limping, cursed, fell to the ground, and then was helped to the cart and was carted off the field. So everyone jumped to conclusions. Some people... To the softest conclusion, I guess, saying, it's a cramp. He's fine. Other people saying, well, maybe he tore his Achilles. (laughs) No, we're not going to do that here on the show. We're going to present you with the facts. I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. There you go. The facts are this. Zach Taylor, after the practice, said, Joe Burrow suffered a calf strain. We'll know more when we know more. That's it. Zach Taylor, also not a doctor, just for clarity. Correct. Now, here's what we do know. Burrow is wearing a sleeve, like a compression sleeve, on his right calf. Something that he's never done before. But Zach Taylor said a lot of guys were banged up or sore after the first day of practice. So, he's wearing the sleeve as a precaution. Obviously, as a precaution, didn't work out because he suffered the strain. Odd to me, and this is like the first thing that jumped out at me was Zach Taylor saying Joe Burrow was one of the guys who had some calf soreness. That's why he was wearing the sleeve. If Joe Burrow was having calf soreness, why was he even on the practice field? Because he said he felt fine. Saying I've got a sore calf Mm -hmm. and then saying I feel fine are two different things. Like you can't, they can't both be true. Like I get in week five. If your calf is sore, you're going to be out there playing. That, that's not in question. But this early in training camp, you got a sore calf, like he's your franchise, maybe a little precaution would be the move. Now, immediately everyone rushes to judgment and people want to say, how can we take advantage of this information? Do we now bet Bengals unders? Do we fade the Bengals uh, with with game, game of the year lines, whatnot? You texted the group chat as soon as you saw a cart. Yeah. He said, it's, it's over. He's dead. Well, Listen, the first report was he's dead. Break, breaking news. Joe Burrow carted off the field. Yeah. The video of him limping or, or, you know, having the injury and them saying it was a calf. None of that was released. The first information that I got yesterday morning was Joe Burrow carted off. <laughs> so I texted the group and I said, time to bet Bengals unders. Yeah. Because that's my first inclination here. But I think you have to wait to see exactly what the outcome of this is. If Joe Burrow is just dealing with a calf strain that he's going to miss the next two weeks and then he's fine, there's no impact. Or is there? This is the third straight training camp that Joe Burrow has dealt with an injury. He had the torn ACL and the MCL that ended the rookie season. Mm -hmm. 
and he had he was dealing with that. Remember, he had the, the COVID shortened year, even the year before that, so he didn't have any training training camp or preseason games. Yep. Last year, he had the ruptured appendix, injury prone. He had the <laughs> ruptured appendix and was not able to to play, and that that was right before training camp. And I think maybe we can look at that from last year and see if we can take advantage of going against the Bengals early in the season. Last year with Joe Burrow missing training camp because of the appendix, he got off to a slow start. McKenzie, what went down week one uh, for the Bengals and then week two as well? Both three-point losses for the Bengals week one and week two, four interceptions in that week one overtime loss to the Steelers. So not good performances, you would say, by Joe Burrow. No, four interceptions. No, yeah. that's. I don't think there's ever been a. Well, I guess Trevor Lawrence had a pretty good four <laughs> interception game in the playoffs last yeah. year. But besides that, I think that's the only one in history. So maybe we look at the first game or two of this season, and it's a way to take advantage of the Joe Burrow injury. The Bengals will be at the Browns week one. We know the history with division home dogs, especially in week one and week two. Why not hop on the Browns here? Well, Mac, I, I feel like a week ago, you and I were talking about this particular game and the line move. And if you remember, Bet Online had an opening line that was just, it was crazy. Like, it, it, to us, it was crazy. I think it was Browns minus six or something like that. Yeah, it was an error. Someone put that up on accident. But it was up for several hours, as we found. And now, obviously, it's settled in. Uh, it settled in at that time that we were talking, Bengals minus two and a half. What are we looking at now uh, on that Bengals-Browns week one matchup? There's been some movement. Two and a half is still out there, but so is Bengals only minus two. Bet online move today. Circa move today. It do, to me, it does make sense. Like, just thinking back to last year's start and how we were like, man, he's just, and listen, having a surgery is different than having a calf strain, even if the surgery is not on your leg or your arm or whatever, like having a surgery is a, a real issue and, and probably kept him out of practice a lot longer than this will. At least I'm sure the Bengals hope so. So I, I, I'm not saying it's the exact same, but I do think Joe Burrow without without that that off season preparation mm-hmm. that you probably prefer to have may not be as sharp week one. Yeah, and he talked about how he was looking forward to finally having a full training camp for the first time in his career. Maybe next year for him. Maybe next year for Joe Burrow. Elsewhere on a more serious injury note, and and I say more serious because we actually know the result of this injury. I mean, let's be honest. There's still a possibility that this is a serious injury. Of course, but that's what I'm saying. At least we know right now what the situation is with Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Ramsey went down at Dolphins practice yesterday. He got tangled up with Tyreek Hill. While, play, while in coverage, both players fell to the ground. Ramsey got up, didn't feel right, walked off the field, saw the trainers, was carted to the locker room, and will require surgery on the meniscus in his left knee. His ACL is intact. That is the good news. However, he will miss a couple of months depending on how the surgery goes. Ramsey posted on social media, quote, I'll be back on that field stronger than ever in due time. And then a bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah, and listen, I I think with the Dolphins' new defense, they looked at Ramsey as a a key piece for what they want to do defensively. Yeah, you put him on the opposite side of Xavier Howard, and you have the best cornerback duo arguably in the NFL. Yeah, and uh, in Fangio's defense particularly, I think he's he's, they plan on him being a major factor. 
this is a big blow to the Dolphins' defense, no doubt. Like this is maybe maybe the most important guy on the Dolphins' defense. So, uh, McKenzie, have we seen any shift in the the win totals or the week one odds for the Dolphins? Yeah, and we didn't mention it. The Bengals actually dropped twenty cents on their win total from eleven point three down closer to eleven. The Dolphins ten cent movement from nine and a half to nine point four. Okay. And listen, obviously, even a question mark about a quarterback mm-hmm. is going to send people into a yeah, frenzy. Yeah. A cornerback's not going to be worth a point to the point spread. So, but, And I think, look, the, the, the Dolphins didn't have Ramsey last year. So you uh, obviously you expected their defense to be better because of Vic Fangio. But I think there was a lot of people that were bullish on the Dolphins with the acquisition of Ramsey thinking, wow, now they have two elite cornerbacks to go into Fangio's system that this is this could be a really good defense this year. Yeah, I think the optimism was part of what was built into their season win total. Like optimism that he could he could make them better, and obviously he's not going to make them better at least not for the first couple months of the season. So uh, stripping that away sa- sounds fair to me. I, I, I think ten cents that sounds probably about right. Does this, does that seem right to you, Mac? It does. And a tough opponent week one Chargers without your best corner. We've seen Ooh. a little bit of movement there. Chargers now minus two and a half, minus fifteen consensus number. Did the total move? Because I would ex- maybe with Ramsey out, the total goes up. Maybe uh, or maybe there's some movement ticking towards the over. Uh, no, you can get forty nine and a half. You can get fifty and a half. Still, they're both out there. Yeah, what's funny is like Fezzik talks about this all the time. Like when it's the, the obvious move is the first thing that happens. Sometimes you can still grab on to the less obvious moves. Maybe the total is a good way to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the sharper books, Westgate, Circa, are at 50.5, so maybe take advantage of a 49.5 out there. It's a good thought. Let's stick in the AFC East because the New York Jets have some extra cap flexibility after Aaron Rodgers restructured his deal. And many speculated, what oh, a guy. It's because <laughs> the Jets aren't done wheeling and dealing. And that just might be the case because the Jets will have Dalvin Cook in for a visit. And they were one of the teams, along with the Dolphins, that was linked to signing Dalvin Cook with Brees Hall on the pup list to start the season and also him just going into his second year in the league and maybe you don't want to put too much strain on him. The Jets could be an interesting destination for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, here's the question, though. Like, is Dalvin Cook, who is looking, obviously, to get you know, in a time where all running backs are looking to get paid, does he is Dalvin Cook the second guy on that team? Does Dalvin Cook slot in behind Brees Hall in the depth chart? Like, is that a situation that Dalvin Cook's looking to jump into? I think Dalvin Cook steps in Week One as the like the co like the starter because maybe Brees Hall's not ready for Week One, and then when they're both on the field together, the Jets have a one-two punch. It's not a it's a, it's a one and a one a. It's not a you're the starter, you're the backup. Yeah, because if you look at you know, where Aaron Rodgers came from, you know, the Packers certainly used A.J. Dillon a lot, even though Aaron Jones was the number one running back. They had a two-back system. And a lot of the times, one of them was acting as a re- as a receiver instead of a running back. So to have both weapons on the field at the same time only makes the team better. If it was Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, that Jets backfield is very dangerous. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how they... F- I don't think you could have those two guys on the field together at the same time, but... I, I do think having two running backs makes more sense than not right now. Last year, I mean, remember last year when Brees Hall went down, it was like, oh, that was it was a big blow to the Jets. If 
if one of these guys goes down at this point, if you've got both of them, you probably mm-hmm. feel okay. We're running the other guy out there the next week. Well, uh, Robert Sala said that Brees Hall is doing fantastic in his recovery, and his status has no bearing on the team's interest in Dalvin Cook. Okay. So they're just doing their due diligence trying to pursue a a, a top player. Behind, well, behind Brees Hall, it's Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight, as well as rookie Israel Abanaconda. What's the latest on Dalvin Cook next team, next team odds, or is that off the board now, McKinney? Usually some, when news like this comes out, they'll often pull it down. I've seen Jets minus 200 on those articles that they're posted. As far as actual bettable odds, I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, that's not surprising to me that you can't, uh, you can't find those anywhere. So, Scott, I'll ask you, what are the odds the Jets end up getting a deal done with Dalvin Cook this I, week? I think it's pretty significant. I think it's pretty – the fact that Aaron Rodgers took this pay cut and freed up the money and then the Jets are welcoming him in for a visit after he had said something about the de- not de- like denying or downplaying the Dolphins' offer, um, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think this he's pretty close and will be – pretty good pretty good chance he'll be a jet what does it do to in your mind to the jets chances like does it like is this a a big deal to them or is this just some insurance i think it's it's more than insurance i think it gives them a little i think it gives them a little uptick because if you were to go if you started week one and Brees hall wasn't ready that's a major downgrade for the jets that that is true but now if you start week one and you have dalvin cook and if Brees hall is not ready no rush kid yeah like hey you're our future you're going into your second year you were going to be the offensive rookie of the year last year before you got hurt, but, dude, don't worry about it. You're coming back from ACL surgery. Take your time. Come back week four, week five. We have Dalvin. We're okay. Yeah. And will Dalvin Cook sign a one-year deal? My my thought yes. is yes, yes. because, the, like, we see what the market is for running backs right yes. now. He'll, he'll sign a one-year deal and, it, you know, try and chase the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It's funny because, like, imagining two years ago that Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley might be – you know, free agents are not not wanted by their teams. Although Barkley, we'll we'll get to in a minute, he is wanted. I'm not trying to say he's not, but that wasn't unimaginable given where Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley were two years ago. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, if you said Dalvin Cook was going to be released by the Vikings and just be out on the street for a few months and no one's picked him up yet, how unbelievable would that have been? It would because he was such a major part of that offense. It's wild yeah. how things. I guess it's another another red flag of how quickly things can change for a running back in the NFL. It's you might be riding high. It doesn't always matter. Ask Josh Jacobs, who was mm-hmm. riding as high as anyone last year, and is still waiting for a deal. Well, the Jets' uh, offense was making headlines yesterday because of their offensive coordinator, not for anything they did or will do. But because of comments that new Broncos coach Sean Payton made, AJ. This is hilarious. Uh, Sean Payton basically, how do I put this politely? Basically shit on Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach, which, uh, is he wrong? Probably not. Like, Mm. this is, uh, everything he said is everything that we said last season when he was in Denver. He was an abject disaster as a head coach. Does that mean that he can't be an offensive coordinator? Obviously not. He's had success in that role elsewhere. But I I think him, Sean Payton saying it out loud is kind of surprising. It's usually, it's usually a a little, the coaching circle is a little more couth involved. Like they, they are usually a little more silent or implying things. This was just flat out. Yeah. Russ, Russ is fine. They did a terrible job coaching him last year. 
everything that they did last year, we're going to do the opposite, yeah. and things will get better. And He called it one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Now, this is also what's interesting, is that Sean Payton made comments about the Jets uh, as well. He said, um, quote, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed, and that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much bleep time trying to win the offseason. The PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch Hard Knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Remember when Dan Snyder, he's talking about the former Washington owner, put that dream team together? I was at the Giants. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Deion Sanders is there now. That team won eight games or whatever. So just listen. Put the work in. I, I'm i sure you don't like it. I kind of like it. These Broncos, guys, Broncos, Jets, week five. Week five. What's the, uh, do we have a game of the year lineup for that game, McKenzie? That'd be yeah, interesting. Have- Robert Sala said, quote, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean. He's been in the league for a while. He can say whatever the <laughs> hell he wants. As far as what we have going on here, I kind of live by the saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Well, listen, I, I like the way both guys handle it, to be honest. The Jets are road favorites. Minus one at Denver week five. I like it. It's going to be a fun matchup. I like it. It's going to be a fun matchup, no <laughs> doubt about it. Sticking in New York, Saquon Barkley back with the Giants said, uh, had an epiphany is the reason why he decided Doesn't RJ to sign. have those sometimes, epiphanies? Yeah, Epiphany Best Bets. Man, yeah. I wish I would ever get one of those. Like, you got you got epiphanies? I, I never get epiphany. Like it, it just never I never have it uh just come to me. It's uh, it's unfortunate. <laughs> Changed his mind, signed his deal, uh one year ten point one million dollar deal, close to an additional one million dollar with available incentives and a two million dollar upfront signing bonus. Not the long term deal that he was looking for though. And basically, his epiphany was, you know, I, I've got to be out on the field. If I want to get this money, I've got to go out and play the best of, to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Prove to everybody that I'm worth it. And it, it's a it's a nice mindset to have. Um, and, you know, it it does – him hearing him say that and him saying, obviously, that he's still upset about it makes you feel like he gave in, uh, but it, it, he's on the field and, like, you know, Josh Jacobs is not. Yeah. So whether he gave in or not, he's he's got a job this season. So we'll we'll see how it works out. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin. You know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. 
And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. A historic day for Shohei Otani yesterday. The Angels and Tigers playing a double header in Detroit. And Otani in game one got the start. And he was great. A complete, That's a word for it. A complete game, one hit shutout. He walked three. He struck out eight as the Angels won the game 6 Nothing. First complete game shutout of Shohei Otani's uh, career. So that's something that hasn't happened before. Already, he's he's setting his own personal best. I think he threw 111 pitches. Uh, so went out there. He said, "I'm I'm the workhorse now. You guys you guys are keeping me around. I'm gonna work for you, baby." The single came in the bottom of the fifth inning to lead off the bottom of the fifth, and uh, that was it. That's the only hit that he gave up the entire game. But he wasn't done. There. Now, some people would say, hey, listen, you pitched nine innings, game one, take game two off. Otani said, hold my beer. And he blasted not one, but two home runs in the Angels' 11-4 win in game two. He did leave the game early, though. With a cramp. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, but not got carrying the team. Not before he blasted two home runs. Otani becomes the first. How many times are we going to say this? The first player in baseball history to have a shutout pitched in one game of a doubleheader and hit a home run in the other game of a doubleheader. And he hit two for good measure. What's the worst is, yeah, if some guy ever does it again, he's got to hit two home runs to even get mentioned. Yeah. like Because if you just hit one, it's like, yeah, I've seen two. He's the first player to throw a shutout and hit two home runs on the same day since Sonny Seibert in 1971. I remember that. Yeah, well, like it was yesterday. <laughs> but the Angels are an interesting case now because we talked about their schedule. We talked about how it lays out for them, if they could just handle business against the Pirates and the Tigers after sweeping the Yankees, that they would be in a much better position and they won't trade Shohei Otani. Well, this is where they are. We know they're not trading Otani. They acquired Lucas Giolito, so they're bolstering their starting rotation. The Angels have now won four straight games after sweeping the Tigers. They are three games out of a wild card spot in the American League and begin a pivotal series up in Toronto, one of the teams that they are chasing, starting tonight. And Lucas Giolito will make his Angels debut. Kevin Gosman is on the hill for the Blue Jays. Yeah, what are the odds the the Angels would win eight of nine, and the only one they lose was the one I went to? 
<laughs> against the Pirates. The Pirates. It got shut out by the Pirates. What? The Pirates. Yeah. Or else they'd be two and a half games out right now. Shohei 0 for 4 that day. Well, that's like, why they lost. Give me a freaking break. Drove to Anaheim for this. That's why. And that's why. Uh, well, that wasn't the. Uh, that's the only. That wasn't the only news yesterday. The trade deadline is fast approaching, and every day something's going to come down. Earlier yesterday, we find out that the Brewers acquired Carlos Santana from the Pirates. You know, if this trade went down before that Angels game, maybe you know the Angels win. Could have happened. Yeah. What did Carlos Santana do in that game against the Angels? One for four. That one. It was a double. And they drove in a run, RBI. You take that away. They take that away. Two to nothing. That's <laughs> right. Uh, but a big trade going down last night. The Mets sending closer David Robertson within division to the Miami Marlins, signaling that the Marlins are, in fact, not going anywhere. Miami right now in the National League wildcard race, a half game back of the Cincinnati Reds, and they bolster their bullpen with the acquisition of David Robertson, and this could signal that the Mets are, in fact, sellers. That or Edwin Diaz is miraculously coming back, but that's not happening. Uh, But sending away David Robertson... The Mets, who beat the Nationals 2-1 yesterday after a rain delay. You know, Robertson was warming up before the delay and then never warmed up again. And the Mets broadcast crew was saying, well, you, you want to speculate. You don't want to speculate now, but it could possibly mean that he's uh, on the trading block. I, my favorite thing <laughs> is, I don't want to speculate here and then insert speculation yes. immediately. That's, yes. uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh yeah, my my question is, does this open up? And like you said, yesterday's show, you said you don't think that they're looking to trade the big arms. I mean, David Robertson is the second year he's been traded at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's been a, an important piece for them with, with Diaz down. Do you think that they move one of those big arms by the end of this thing? You know, Verlander has a no trade. Uh, he's scheduled. Uh, you think Verlander, who's yeah. in the twilight of his career, wouldn't want to get out and go to a contender? Yeah. Uh, right now, Verlander is scheduled to get the start this at, this evening against the Nationals. Mackenzie Gore going for D.C. And if we find out before the game that he's scratched, <laughs> that means he's traded. Yeah, I know a, uh, a team that Justin Verlander is familiar and comfortable with who could use a starting pitcher. You think Houston would trade for him? I think they might. I think they know that they need an arm. I think I'm sure they wish that they would have uh, gotten that comboed with David Robertson before that trade went mm. down because they can use some bullpen help too. But no doubt Houston can use arms at the trade deadline if they're going to keep pace with the Rangers. And and really, I don't think keeping pace with the Rangers is the goal. I think the Astros now have, have gotten to the point where they're trying to win a World Series. And a, a move like that, it potentially could, especially knowing that the Mets will have to eat some of that contract it may be appealing. Yeah, uh, and Verlander does have a full no trade and, uh, you know, $86.7 million on the, t- the two-year contract. And he said, quote, I enjoy it here. I want to be here. This is according to John Heyman of the New York Post. I'm a New York Met. I signed here to win a championship here. I want to leave a legacy here. That's why I signed up here. Until that's put on my plate, if it's ever put on my plate, meaning a trade discussion, I don't think about that stuff. So I guess th- those quotes would lean you to believe that the Mets have not yet approached Verlander. Nothing on his plate. About possibly trading him. Yeah. But there is interest out there, as there should be. For sure. And, you know, there's going to be reports. Mark Feinsand of MLB.com just said last night, 
there's growing belief that Justin Verlander could be traded. Again, what does that say? <laughs> it's like breaking news. Every top arm for a team not making the playoffs is gaining interest in the trade market. Sure. That's, That's true. <laughs> Except for Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease, it's been said, nope, no thank you. Well, they already traded away G League. Yeah. And Lance Lynn's next. So, uh, but yeah, interesting stuff going down in Major League Baseball. Let's take a look at that schedule for today. Those Marlins will take on the Tigers in Miami. Braxton Garrett goes for the fish. Reese Olsen for the Tigers. Miami minus 155. Kind of like the idea of fading the Tigers after that doubleheader yesterday. A doubleheader that saw them only score four runs in two games. So kind of like the idea of fading them going on the road after the double dip. Garrett Cole gets the start for the Yankees. Cole now the Cy Young favorite in the American League. He will get the start going up against Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles. Yankees minus 120 on the road. Will be plenty of Yankee fans there in Baltimore. Phillies are at the Pirates. Zach Wheeler for Philadelphia. Mitch Keller for the Pirates. Battle of Pennsylvania there. Phillies, minus 160. Those Angels at the Blue Jays with Lucas Giolito making his L.A. debut. Kevin Gosman starts for Toronto. The Jays are minus 205. I know the Angels are coming off a doubleheader yesterday, but they didn't have to use any relievers in game one because of Otani. Game two wasn't really a sweat. Game two wasn't a sweat. Like I know Gosman's great, but this this is a big line. Who's starting for the Angels? Giolito making his Angels debut. Hmm. I kind of like it. I kind of I kind of like the Angels as a dog here. It's a big line. It's it a is. real big line. Guardians are at the White Sox. Zavion Curry gets a start for Cleveland. Tiki Toussaint on the mound for the White Sox. Nationals and Mets. Max Scherzer and the Mets are minus 190 favorites. Mackenzie Gore goes for D.C. Brewers at the Braves. Adrian Hauser for Milwaukee. Yoni Chirinos for Atlanta. Atlanta minus 190 at home. Sonny Gray on the mound for the Twins in Kansas City against the Royals. Brady Singer goes for KC. Minnesota is minus 165. Shane McClanahan's on the bump for the Rays. He is the second favorite for the American League Cy Young Award behind Garrett Cole. What's Otani got to do to get some love around here? (laughs) Uh, Christian Javier goes for the Astros. Tampa Bay minus 115. Cubs undecided with their pitcher just yet. Jordan Montgomery gets to start for the Cardinals, and it could be Jordan Montgomery's final start. In a Cardinals uh, uniform. Another name that's been uh, rumored to be moved. Yeah. So, yeah. Seems like lefties. You know? Oh, yeah. You never know. Uh, A's are at the Rockies. J.P. Sears for Oakland. Kyle Freeland for Colorado. Mariners at the Diamondbacks. Logan Gilbert on the mound for Seattle. Tommy Henry starts for the D-backs. Seattle's minus 135 on the road. Rangers will send Dane Dunning to the mound in San Diego against the Padres. Joe Musgrove goes for the home team. Padres minus 170. This is also... A high line. I know. I know Musgrove's been good, but so is Dane Dunning. This could just be because of the Rangers injuries, but it's one seventy is a high price on San Diego. Yeah, I was worried about the Rangers until the last game of the Astros series, mm-hmm. and they got they they got their groove back in that one. Uh, but the Rangers looked like they were maybe unraveling. Uh, but coming off a good game, I, I don't want to. I, I certainly don't want to lay a big number with the Padres here. Speaking of a big number, the Dodgers minus 240 favorites over the Reds. Bobby Miller goes for L.A. Brandon Williamson for Cincinnati. And the Red Sox are at the Giants. Cutter Crawford for Boston. Logan Webb for San Francisco. Gigantes minus 155. UFC 291 live on Saturday night. And boy, do we have a good main event for the made-up belt the BMF title, uh, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. This is going to be all out action. 
I've got actually two plays I like on this fight. I like Poirier. Uh, I I don't like him super strong anymore. Uh, the the numbers kind of getting up to the minus one forty five, minus one fifty, where I, I don't think there's much value left in it. I do like the over two and a half rounds in this fight. This is a rematch of one of the best fights of 2018, and Poirier finished Gaethje in the fourth round. What I like about Poirier is he's extremely durable, and he he downloads things. I, we saw this in his McGregor rematches. He downloads things from the first fight, and he takes that into the second fight. What did I do wrong? How can I fix this if I see it again? And he makes adjustments. Uh, he's only been knocked out twice in his career, zero times since 2016. And Gaethje has pretty good power, but that's he's put away guys whose chins were questionable. He put away James Vick. A lot of people put away James Vick. He put away Donald Cerrone late in his career. Mm. A lot of people did that. I think these guys put on an absolute show. I think it reaches the championship rounds before we get a finish out of Dustin Poirier. So while I, I, I lean to Poirier at the current market number, I like Poirier and Gaethje over two and a half rounds. That'll be my best bet. How does the elevation impact your handicap here? That's a good question. Uh, I think, Fights in Salt Lake City. Yeah, and Gaethje trains at elevation in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Poirier trains Miami. Florida. Yeah, Not elevation there. And I can speak from experience. I trained for a week at Greg Jackson uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, before my last fight, and I came from a C-level city, and it was absolutely miserable Mm. and it took me about three or four days to get to even where I was kind of adjusted uh it it is certainly a factor but I think again when we're talking about the smarter fighter here in Poirier in my opinion uh, I think he understands how to conserve his energy he's fought at elevation before in Calgary uh not quite Salt Lake City elevation but still pretty I mean pretty good elevation there in Calgary got a knockout win uh I I think that we see I, I think it affects him but I don't think it affects him to the point where he's going to be gasping for breath. I've never once questioned the cardio of Dustin Poirier. So if this was someone else, maybe. I, that's not one of the things I worry about with Dustin. Is this the best fight on this card? Uh, it's up there, certainly. Uh, Jan Blahovich and Alex say. Pereira yeah. is a great fight. It's a former 205 champion against a former 185 champion. That's the co-main event. Let me give one more best bet on this card. Gabriel Bonfim and Trevin Giles under one and a half rounds. I think this is going to be one of the best fights on the card for however long it lasts. Bonfim is an elite prospect. Uh, he's He's undefeated. He uses a pressure striking game to set up takedowns, and once he gets you on the mat, he is absolutely venomous Mm. as a grappler. Uh, Giles, really well-rounded. And there's been times where Trevin Giles looked like a future champion. Like, he looks like a real contender at times. He generally makes one bonehead decision per fight, and often it costs him a fight. And I could see. I don't think you can afford to have that happen against someone as nasty as as Bonfim. Uh, I think it would certainly cost him a win if he makes a mistake on the mat. But if Bonfim comes in aggressive on his feet, like he normally does, I could see Giles landing something big. If if Giles comes in and looks like a contender, and he can get to Bonfim before making that mistake, maybe he tests that chin. Either way, under one and a half rounds will be my best bet here. Gabriel Bonfim, Trevin Giles. Elsewhere in the world of combat sports, probably the biggest fight in two or three years, maybe since the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight, uh, Errol Spence Jr. and Bud Crawford, Terrence Crawford, two unbeaten welterweights mm. going to unify four belts. There has never been 
a welterweight, hold all four titles. That, well, I say that will happen <laughs> tomorrow night. We hope that happens tomorrow night. We hope someone wins. You can get like plus 1,600 on a draw. Crazier things have happened. But uh, we've seen Bud Crawford take quite a bit of money. I don't quite understand it. I look at these two. Uh, I looked at this fight all along as kind of a pick em fight. It's a fight I've wanted to see for a long time for a reason. These guys are very closely matched. Bud Crawford, probably the more technical. Uh, he's probably the quicker fighter. But Errol Spence Jr. packs a punch. And Errol Spence Jr. has been counted out a lot of times. Remember, he got in the car wreck in the Ferrari. They said he's never going to fight again. Came back less than a year later, dominated. Uh, his retina got detached like six days before he was supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao. They said, oh, he'll never be the same. He comes out and he destroys Ugas. I, I'm done counting out Errol Spence Jr. He's, he's the heavier hitter, and I'm getting him at plus 140 right now. That feels like good value. Shop around, by the way, because there's some dastardly books that will only give you plus 120. Uh, shop around. Get the best number on Spence. But I think, he's a, I, I think in a coin flip fight, getting a good plus number – is hard to pass up on. I, I think this is going to be one of the best fights we've seen in a long time in boxing. I'm very excited for it. Uh, would you expect it to go the distance? Vegas certainly does. Uh, minus 210, 220 is the last numbers I've seen. I, I probably won't be playing that, uh, especially because I like Spence, and if one of these two guys is more likely to get a knockout, it's Errol Spence. Errol Spence has never been knocked down. He's the natural welterweight. Crawford started at lightweight and has moved his way up to welterweight. This is his third weight class. So I, I think the guy who packs the more punch and who seems to have a better chin, the guy who's never been dropped, mm -hmm. uh, that's the guy who I could see finishing the fight. So if if I like Errol Spence, I'm not going to take out the prospect that he that he finishes the fight. If you would like to take advantage of any picks for the Combat Sports Weekend up on pregame.com, go right ahead. We got the UFC action. We got Spence Crawford action. Picks galore on pregame.com, and you can take 20% off all of it. Use the promo code SERIAL20. Yeah, I'm still gloating about dominating that serial debate. SERIAL20. My goodness. C-E-R-E-A-L-20. It's going to get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. We also have combo packages for football, meaning you get NFL and college football, whether it's from one handicapper or we have a multi-capper package. You can get Fezzik's NFL. You can get AJ's and mine's college football. There's so many discounted packages available for you on pregame.com, and we're helping you save some more money by taking 20% off using our promo code SERIAL20 at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah. <laughs>